You're listening to the Eastside Church Sermon Podcast Series. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, inclusive, and justice-oriented. We are thrilled that you found our podcast, and if you'd like to learn more about our community, visit our website at eastsideatl.org. are indeed being restored to wholeness by a synergy that transforms. And in that spirit, let's hear these words from the book of Romans. The text reads, because of God's tender mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. This is the word of God for the people of God. And together we say, thanks be to God. And I pray that you will meditate with me and wrestle with me and and let's have some twists and turns over the concept of restored to wholeness, synergy that transforms. Lord God, in this moment, we ask that your spirit continue to move in this part of worship so that we might hear you, so that we might even wrestle with you in ways where we find out that part of this journey is about being stretched. And part, of, and part of this journey is about being in, awe, being in awe of the surprises that you will pour into our life as life happens with you and with one another. So have your way, God. Have your way as we walk through your word together. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. And so, family, as I was preparing this message, I was just thinking about how I am, as one who has been called to like literally work with people, I feel like, for my whole life, I am in awe of when I witness synergy amongst people. I'm, I'm just in awe when, when I see it, when I, when I feel it, when I experience the after effects. And, you know, you know synergy can be defined as a combined action or cooperation where two or more entities come together to produce a combined effect greater than their separate effects. Or groups come together where we find that that the sum is greater than the parts. And when I see this happening, when people come together possibly to seek change in their organization or their communities. You know, sometimes that's a little bit more of, you know, that can have a heaviness or a lifting to it that, that can inspire and push us forward. But, but I also love seeing synergy and witnessing it at, at sports events, like sports events of, of all levels. I don't care if it's like the, you know, the, the three and four-year-olds or, or the professionals who get paid to do it. It's amazing to watch synergy break out as coaches and teammates are trying to be on the same page to, to, to get that win or get that significant victory, just the way that things have to come together, the parts have to work together, you know, 
right pass made at the right time, right cut made at the right time. Oh, so full disclosure, I don't know if some of you all know, I used to be a basketball coach, high school basketball coach. So hence, you know, that, that kind of that love for sports. Um, but it would amaze me. I, I'll never forget my head coach. I was serving as assistant coach at Morrow High School. And as I began on the job, the first day, he said to me, Coach, y'all know how it is in school. Like every coach is named Coach. I don't know if, I, you know, you never really know somebody's first or last name sometimes. But he says, Coach, here's what I want you to understand. We are not really coaching the X's and O's the way people always say that we do. He's like, yeah, that's a part of it. But what we are trying to do is coach mindsets, coach an ability to bring these young men together. What we're attempting to do is help them walk in synergy. That's our job. And maybe, you know, it's funny because that head coach, he now pastors a church as well. So maybe God was had something else stirring up about synergy that I didn't know about then, but, but, but you know, but that's the story. You know, but also there's a synergy that breaks out when we as the body of Christ come together with our game plans, the game plans that bring together worship, the game plans that say, how are we showing up in our community as our community sees us and, and we see our community. The game plans that, that flow as music and song and scripture and prayer and the sacraments remind us that we are part of an amazing move of synergy where the Holy Spirit shows up to show us that together the sum of us is greater than all the parts. And when I think of this text in Romans this morning and what this text is calling us to walk into, the word synergy just continues to, to rest in my heart and mind and, and, and the way that synergy plays this role in transforming us. So now in this text, there are words that Paul grounds us in, words that, you know, the, the words like living sacrifice, you know, this, this pattern that we're following, this living sacrifice, you know, sometimes that, 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 that word, you know, that concept always deserves a little unpacking, just the living sacrifice. If we remember Christ Jesus as the sacrifice that reconciled us to God, but Christ Jesus, not like an Old Testament sacrifice that where the sacrifice happens and then that's it, and then these patterns of, of separation possibly keep repeating because the ones doing the sacrifice are still fallible themselves, the ones being the priests. And so the priests every year, Yom Kippur, coming in the Day of Atonement, making sacrifices for the people, but again and again, having to also repent themselves of their own struggles because of their own struggles, but Jesus coming in as the ultimate sacrifice whereby grace and divine love and compassion move into this earth reality, move into our hearts and minds, but Jesus as the living sacrifice who was crucified rises and now sits the right hand of God, the throne of heaven, 
interceding for us, as it says in Hebrews, that we too might walk in this wholeness that restores us, this wholeness that allows us and empowers us to pattern our lives after Christ. Ooh, you and I called to pattern our lives after Christ. You know, I can remember reading the fifth chapter of Matthew when I was like 10 or 11 years old and really beginning to wrap my mind around the Beatitudes in a different kind of way. And I'm reading these beautiful illustrations of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And I go to my mother and say, how in the world (laughs) can we do this? How is this even possible? In the face of all of the stuff that people might do, the ways that people harm and hurt, how, like, 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 mom, for real, like, how am I supposed to be an embodiment of this kind of love and compassion, you know, when tomorrow, there's a couple of bullies I got to face at school, <laughs> and I definitely don't think they're reading this fifth chapter tonight. So I definitely don't think they're going to be thinking about these things that we are called to do. And so it's interesting that the 10-year-old mind faces that, but something tells me that the 35-year-old mind faces that, and maybe the 55-year-old mind that is surveying what's going on, something tells me that we have some great-grandparents who are wrestling with those kinds of things as they look into our eyes and see that we are wrestling with them still, too. So it's an interesting journey. Be conformed, not to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hear these words again, right? Because of God's tender mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. That is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is, what is good and pleasing and mature. Okay, family, if you will, now I'm going to put this disclaimer out. I am not Eugene Peterson, and I did not, I'm not trying to write my own version of the message. All right? But could you give me a little poetic license to deal with that text again, just for a moment? Now, 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 I am not Peterson. This is Pastor T's take. Think about Romans 12, 1, 2, and hear these words. Because of the graciousness and lavishness of God's love and compassion, love and compassion that was chasing us down even before we knew God, I encourage you to present your entire being, mind, body, spirit, emotions, thoughts, intents, and actions to God as a living emanation of selfless love, as living emanations of God's light, who on a daily basis 
are being restored to the image and likeness of God. For this pleases God. And, and as such, don't let patterns of thinking that foster hate. Don't live by patterns of thinking that foster injustice. Don't live by patterns of thinking that stand by idly as ostracism and xenophobia and homophobia and racism and classism create a world where the human families feel separated from God's love, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can be expressions of God's divine love, expressions of God's kingdom, forever touching this earth. Now, not Eugene Peterson, but, you know, our Wesleyan tradition calls on us to have an approach to Scripture where we bring our gift of being able to reason, where we bring the wonderful experiences we have to God. Our Wesleyan tradition says, bring this to scripture when you read the text. Don't simply read the text only thinking about the world that's within the text, but our tradition says the world that's in front of the text matters also. You know that you're the world in front of the text, right? We are the world in front of the text. And so we have to bring our world to mix with this world to see how bringing our world and the world that we find in Scripture together can create a divine synergy that transforms. Are you tracking with me? Are you tracking with me? The Word of God in the text, the Holy Writ, comes together with the holy experience of being alive and being a child of God, they come together and synergize that we might walk in a constant movement of transformation. Synergy that transforms. You see, all across this sanctuary right now, on the steps right now, in homes worshiping with, with, with family members, worshiping online with us right now, all of us are having the experience of, of being human beings, children of God, made to be God's light, made to be expressions of, of God's wisdom, made to express God's beneficence in ways where compassion and caring become conduits of communal uplift as we express our faith. As we express our faith all across this sanctuary, out there on the steps right now, and in homes of family members who are experiencing worship online with us right now, we find children of God being reminded of the gift that we are. We find children of God being reminded that every single moment, every single breath, every single movement of our synapses constitutes the unique expression of life that we are. And I'm hoping that with every single breath, that as every synapse fires, that as every thought goes forth, that all of us are recognizing that we indeed matter. 
We are loved. We can be loved. And the love of Jesus Christ from the time we were stirring in our mother's womb was seeking to love on us in ways where we might be love, where we might know wholeness, where we might realize that we are linked by a synergy that transforms. As I look across the sanctuary, as I think of prayers that come into our office every Monday, as I think of all of the ways that we have a chance to show up and do life together, right now I'm thinking about our core groups. I'm thinking about our core groups and the ways that everyone in our core groups is embarking on a journey of experiencing a synergy that transforms. And for all of us who are now beginning to meet in our core groups, I encourage you, I compel you, I assert that, that and I'm praying that you continue to, to, to have an experience where your hearts and your minds and, and, and your souls and your spirits synergize in a way where where your minds and your hearts are simply focused on the patterns of thinking and doing and being where the love and light and compassion and the, and the hope of Christ shine through each of you so that in every single one of those core groups, you might experience a communion, a coming together, a synergy that transforms each of you in ways that you have never experienced. I'm praying that a fire of renewal is lit that is so strong that every day after your core groups meet, people are magnetized to you, wondering what it is you're doing that allows such light and hope to shine through your lives. And for those of us serving with our children and our youth, I encourage you to reflect on ways that as Individuals and collectives, you are walking in the gift of mentoring and, and helping to, to raise up young children of God who have distinct destinies, who have a distinct purpose, who have a distinct way that God is calling them to show up in this world. And I'm hoping that individually and collectively, you will recognize and embrace this opportunity to pour light and hope and encouragement into their lives so that both you and they will experience a synergy that transforms your interactions with them into God moments of connection where they too will know that they matter, where they too will know that their lives have purpose, and where they too will recognize the significance of how God is using other children of God to touch and empower their lives. But family, there's also another group, another part of our spiritual family that I'm, that I'm praying for right now is I think about synergy that transforms. I'm thinking about our justice ministry. 
and how every item of food, every item of clothing, every interaction that, that goes super smooth or feels really dicey is a moment where God, through the power of the Holy Spirit and through your willingness to be an expression of God, is literally providing nourishment to somebody's body and to their soul. Had an encounter a couple of weeks ago. A brother was out there, and it was in the in-between time before the pantry was refilled, and we struck up a conversation. And Nicole will testify to this. Even before I walked in this journey as a pastor, I, I always knew I had this natural gift of TMI. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, and it kind of drew me into this walk, you know? Like, okay, I don't know why this person decided to share all that stuff with me, but I'll hold their truth and I'll honor it and I'll treasure it. And so it was one of those kind of conversations. It was like, I found out so much in like a span of, of, of 120 seconds about this particular child of God's life. And so we talked and we talked and we laughed. And I mean, like we were laughing, like, because he was like just some of the stories that unfolded over the next five to seven minutes were just, I'm like, wow, okay, this is what an interesting exchange. And so by the time we finished talking, I said, hey, can I, can I get you something to eat? He was like, cool, I, I appreciate that. And so when we exchanged, I gave him some money to be able to go get something to eat. And I said, can I pray with you? He was like, sure. Pastor, you can pray with me. Let's, let's, let's pray. So as I began to pray and hold his hand, he leaned in and gave me a hug as I was praying. So I was like, well, I mean, I'll ride with the bit. So I gave him a hug. By the time I finished praying, he said, Pastor, thank you for helping me get something to eat. But the hug that we just exchanged means a lot more than this money you gave me. He said, I can't remember the last time I've been hugged. Sometimes people just need a hug. But I recognize Chelsea and Mike. That moment for me, could not happen without the leadership you all provide and making sure that that pantry is operating the way it needs to happen and then others come in contact with the leadership you and others are providing and then that's how this kingdom of God moment gets to break out. See, simply because somebody even before you all possibly said, let's get that pantry started and then others say, let me be a part of that pantry existing, the thought of the, the spirit of God moving in someone in a way that synergized their desire to be a part of of helping with a need that needs to be met in the community comes together and it becomes the gift that keeps on giving. You see, I was able to have that hug with that child of God because of seeds somebody else had sown before the thought of me even being here came to pass. That's how important us living into the synergy might be. Things that we think of as simple acts 
can now lay a foundation where others will come and they will reap a harvest where we have simply sown or we have simply watered or we have simply cared for. You see, that's how this whole kingdom of God thing works out when our gifts synergize so that we can be a part of God's transformational love. You know, there's a, there's a kind of a misnomer that I would love for us to, to be a part of just helping folks see that that kind of mindset, we just need to just, just throw it out. Okay, we are part of a synergy that transforms. Our sum is greater than our parts. As the body of Christ, we become a part of a move of the Holy Spirit that can transform people's lives, people we may never see, people whose names we may never know, people we may never have encounters with. And you know, there's this idea that always tickles me when I hear somebody say, people need to learn to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. I always crack up. Because remember, I told y'all, I was the child who would ask questions, right? So the first time I heard that, I remember asking, well, who, who made the boots that the person is wearing? Who made the shoestrings that are in the boots? Like, did that person actually make the soles of those shoes and make those boots and then go and make those shoestrings? Who, who is it that, that, that made all of that happen that the person could even put the boots on? And who is it that when we, when we think about, okay, this idea of, 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 of ignoring this gift of togetherness in the way we of the, as the body of Christ can be an example to the world of what happens when we come together. I mean, so I'm almost, I'm going to ask the question anyway. Y'all feel comfortable sitting on those pews? See, I know that answer could go one way or the other because it's wooden pews, right? But who in here made those pews? Lift your hand, please, if you want the people that made the pews. Who was the person that had the gift of hewing the wood on which our feet now rest? Ah, who actually built the car that they drove in on this morning? Well, pastor, I didn't drive. I walked. Did you lay the concrete for the sidewalk? (laughs) All of us have the blessing of experiencing other blessings that come into the world through conduits other than ourselves. We are part of a divine plan that God is constantly working out and saying, come be a part of the way I want to synergize all of you so that you can see how my glory shows up in ways that you pray for and expect and in ways that your mind could even wrap itself around. Eastside. What if, by synergizing our gifts in a way where God's transformation moves through our hearts and minds, and simply being the best east side we can be for one another, what if East Atlanta Village literally transforms because of our presence? But all we're simply trying to do is be the best east side we can be for each other. What if by being the best east side we can be for each other, 
we get part, we become a part of stirring up something in greater Atlanta where people get consumed with being a part of God's movement of love and peace and transformation and hope and healing and wholeness. But all we have to do is simply be the best east side we can be for one another. Like literally be the best east side we can be for the people that are sitting right beside us. The people who we get a chance to look eye to eye on the street. And, 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 and let's, let's go a step further. What if by experiencing a synergy that transforms, God stirs up something in us where just like we're a part of mission work in Haiti already, God might stir up something that transforms that or opens doors in other places. And again, I hope y'all see the pattern here. All we have to do is be the best east side we can be for one another. Part of the reason I'm encouraging us to embrace this idea of synergy that transforms as we pattern our lives after the selflessness of Christ, after the love that Christ exhibits, after the commitment to justice that Christ exhibits, after the commitment to bringing people together to experience wholeness that Christ exhibits, after the way that Christ says community will break out where you stand because I am with you. The reason I'm encouraging us to pattern our lives that way and experience that kind of synergy is because we never know how God wants to use our life to inspire one life that might be the one that touches others' lives. I often think about Howard Thurman when he was a professor at Morehouse College. Howard Thurman, later dean of chapel at Boston University, started the Church of Fellowship for All People in San Francisco in 1946, which is considered by many to be the first interdenominational, interfaith church experience in America. Black man who grew up in Daytona, Florida. Don't miss that, y'all starting an interracial, <laughs> interdenominational, interfaith worship space. And I think about him being a professor at Morehouse, understanding, and I don't know if he would use these words, but the necessity of walking in a synergy that transforms. And I think about the students who were in his class and the impact that he must have had on them. You see, there was one particular student who was greatly influenced by Howard Thurman. 
Matter of fact, many people say, and when I've heard lectures from historians who studied this student's life, they say, yeah, literally till the day that he died in Memphis in 1968, he carried a book called Jesus and the Disinherited in his satchel, and he read this book almost daily like a devotional. So I imagine Howard Thurman with a 16-year-old who was going to graduate from college early in his class, and I see in my mind's eye the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King taking in these thoughts and these ideas from this one person who understood that if I can influence the ones in front of me, who knows? <laughs> God might move in a way that not just simply transforms this space, but an even wider space. Now, I don't know if Dr. Thurman thought that influencing the ones in front of him was going to transform the world, but the testimony is that it did. If you and I walk together in a synergy that transforms us inwardly, transforms us together collectively, something tells me that part of our testimony and part of the testimony of those we will encounter will be that God is indeed restoring us to wholeness as we experience a synergy that transforms. And so family, for today, that is my story. I hope it's our story. And I hope that we tell that story everywhere we go. God bless you. Good morning. My name is Katie Farmer, and I have the joy today to lead our community in a time of collective prayer and confession. This time joins our hearts and minds together with God and with our community. And whether you are with us virtually or in person, whether you're visiting with us for the first time or have been a member for 10 years, I am thankful that you are here today worshiping collectively with us. When I say, Lord, in your mercy, I invite you to respond with, hear our prayer. God, our creator, our protector, our center. We come to you this morning with many emotions. Some of us may be joyful, celebrating a time of rest from work or school. Some of us come weary from our daily struggles, from the news of our community and our world. Some of us come to you with questions and fear, with uncertainty and skepticism. God, remind us that at the same time, you hear each of our prayers as well as the prayers of all those around the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, help us to be a light to the world, to stand up against bigotry, hate, to stand up against the use of our fellow humans as political fodder. From Ukraine to Martha's Vineyard, protect the innocent lives that have become nothing more than pawns in national and international chess games. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we lament violence and injustice in our world. We pray that the community of Eastside will continue to speak up in the face of injustice. 
We at Eastside lament racism, white supremacy, anti-Semitism, brutality, violence, and othering that occurs in our country. Merciful parent, help us to be for one another the community that we ourselves seek. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those in our community who are fearful, not knowing where they will access medical care, shelter, food. I pray that Eastside would be a resource, both spiritually and physically, for those who need our support. I pray that we would give freely of our resources and ourselves to, moves as, to move as Christ's hands and feet in our world. We pray for our little free pantry and closet, which we fill and find emptied so many times each week. We pray for all those who use these resources and that our congregation will be able to provide continued access to food and as it cools to warm clothing in our community in this way. For the guests who use in-town collaborative ministries food pantry, which this month we are hosting a food drive for, we pray. As inflation and supply chain issues continue to impact the cost of food, let us remember that no one deserves to be food insecure, that everyone deserves to know where their next meal will come from. For our neighbors who have been living in encampments throughout Atlanta that are now being closed by the city, may they find resources to end their experiences of homelessness. May they trust these resources when they find them, and may these service providers create a refuge and a beacon of hope for our neighbors who have been hurt by systems and have faced trauma beyond many of our imaginations to be at the place where they are now. For our neighbors who seek refuge on our church steps, for those who don't know where is safe, God, we pray that they continue to feel respite, love, compassion, and welcome here at Eastside. Equip us as a congregation with the skills to interact with and to love people who are different from ourselves, who may be a different race, a different socioeconomic status, a different housing experience, who may have different priorities. God, help us to remember that each person in and around this building is a beloved child of God and is our neighbor, our community member, our sibling. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for Eastside's local ministry partners, that our gifts, time, talents, and resources would provide blessings for these valuable organizations. For Wellroot, for East Atlanta Kids Club, for Brandon Towers, and for Chris 180. We pray for our national ministry partner, Reconciling Ministries Network, as they continue to sift through narratives and counter narratives about the future of our church and our queer siblings in Christ. We pray for our international mission partner, the community of Ticolette on the island of Laganov, Haiti. Even while we've been unable to visit in many years, we know that our prayers and our gifts and resources are creating good work in that community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Now, God, we come to you in confession again this morning as we have so many times before. Lord, we come to you empty-handed and in need of your grace. We pray that you would hear us now as we silently acknowledge before you all of the ways in which we fall short. God of reconciliation, we thank you that no matter the state of our world or the state of our hearts, nothing separates us from your love. God, we thank you that in acknowledging our own shortcomings, we find grace that reorients us and offers us hope. Help us to live into that hope this day and every day. 
God, may our words of confession be accompanied by acts of reconciliation. Siblings in Christ, hear the good news. Christ died for us as we were yet sinners, and that proves God's love for us. In the name of Christ, you are forgiven. As we move into our moment of benediction, um, just a quick reminder, if there are those who, are feel, who feel led to have more questions about Eastside or you feel drawn to become a part of our Eastside family, um, I'll be down front after the service to meet you and greet you and, and see what God is stirring up in your life. And um, again, as we heard the pitter-patter of those little feet, can we give God a hand of praise for everyone who was working with our children this morning? And so as we walk into our benediction, um, I just encourage us this week, be a part of synergy that transforms. Be a part of synergy that transforms. Let us stand as we prepare to go forth. And Lord God, as we stand, as we open our hearts and our minds to this last movement of our worship time together, we're thankful that you're standing with us. And Lord, that we pray that as your spirit moves, that you help us listen in ways where our hearts and minds find ways to stay inspired. Help us, Lord God, to hear the stories of those standing right in front of us. Help us, Lord, to hear the cadence of your call and the laughter and sound of children walking and talking and the, and the pitter-patter of their drum-like runs through our homes and, and every place we occupy. Lord, let a synergy that transforms us move as divine rhythms as we hear our own sacred breaths, as we recount our own stories, and as we recognize that your spirit is here standing over us like angels standing over blades of grass, whispering the words, grow. So Lord, as we grow this week, restore us to wholeness, that we might be your transformation in this world. Bless us, God, to be a blessing in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's go in love and go in peace, man. Hallelujah. We hope that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to connecting with you soon. If you'd like to experience our full church services, you can find them at youtube.com slash eastsidechurchatl. And if you'd like to support the work we're doing here at Eastside, you can find our giving portal at our website, eastsideatl.org. Be well.